Welcome to the Preserving Family Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to equip you to gain insight, information, and inspiration to help you protect, teach, and guide your family during these turbulent times. Our goal is to provide tools and resources to help you strengthen and preserve your own marriages and families. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Mark and Janie Ogletree. Well, we are back today on the Preserving Families podcast with my good friend, Kevin Hinckley, for what we're going to call part two of teaching our children uh, to understand and receive revelation. Kevin, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, glad to hop back in. This is a great topic. <laughs> uh, such a great topic. Uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll with you. So let's just dive right in. Here we go. Let's go. What are some of the different ways, you know, I, I, the, the spirit manifests, uh, can be manifest to us. And I, I, I think about that. I, there, if there's one thing that I, that I love more than anything else, it's at, at my job at BYU teaching this class on the eternal family. It's when students come and say, Hey, can I come and talk to you for a little while? In fact, I just had a phone call yesterday. School's out, but this is from a previous student. And here I am driving from St. George to, to Provo. And uh, he want, he had a couple questions about how do you know that this is the right person? And right. it's fun to, it's fun to kind of apply some of the things you've already talked about of, of how their personality and and some other factors like that can can you know influence the way the spirit is talking to them. But okay, too much. But here we go, Kevin. What are some of the different ways the Holy Ghost can talk to us? Okay, uh, if we if we use the idea, um, Nephi talks about the fact that the Lord speaks to nations in their own language. Yeah. And I think we've tended to think that as German, Spanish, French, uh, <laughs> English, Japanese. Right. Uh, and I guess that's certainly true from a missionary standpoint. But the Lord speaks to us in our language. I was I was listening to a, a podcast from a, a prominent author, and, and she was talking, non-LDS author, mm -hmm. talking about the fact that she feels when she's listening to certain classical music, she feels profoundly moved. And mm. there is a, a feeling of, of uh, being lifted above herself. You know, and every, the language that she was using, how she would have at these quiet, still moments, listening to uh, cla certain classical pieces of music could have been substituted in, in terms of saying, this was the spirit. And, and you would think that anything uh, that is edifying and and building and profound and beautiful uh, are one of those moments. Um, I, I know that uh, in the experiences that I've had, for instance, down in, in Zion's, when you, you hike Angel's Landing, uh, and yes. I don't know if you ever hiked Angel, Angel's Landing, but I have you get a up couple on of my top. children have, oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, be there. careful, be careful up there. Yeah, <laughs> and you're just looking at the um, at the uh, landscape in front of you in that in that valley, um, or when I stand at the Wailing Wall in, in Old Jerusalem, um, and even when I've uh, it, when you go to the Wailing Wall and you go down underneath, there is a section there where. Uh, Orthodox Jews are praying a kind of a sheltered part that you can't see kind of in the public and only men can go there. But I get this profound sense of power and devotion and desire 
to mm. do the right thing. And if and if if you're around people like that, that's one of those places. So right. Uh, that's why I think we have to have understand what our language is. And for somebody else, someone that's hiking, for somebody else, it might be music. For somebody else listening to a podcast or somebody else speaking. Um uh, and and recognize those are those places and those times when when I feel lifted above myself, what Adam Miller calls God indwelling us, that yes. the spirit has kind of almost taken over us and filled us. And then say, that's the spirit. Now in that, and the one thing I would add to that then, Doctrine and Covenants, uh, the Lord says, call on me when I'm near. Mm. Right. So at those moments when I'm sitting maybe at uh, Dead Horse Point uh, in, <laughs> in Southern Utah, or I'm, or I'm even I'm sitting on a cruise ship, or I am sitting looking at a Christmas tree late at night, and I or I'm listening to music and I'm being lifted. I think there's some times there where heaven is near, right? And when heaven is near, ask. That's call on me when I'm near. Was this the right decision, Lord? Am I? I'm wanting to do this, or what thoughts or ideas are coming to my mind when I'm in that, when I'm in that place where I'm being lifted, uh, and that's going to be so different from everybody. So that's why I think we're we're needing to be able to tell, ask our kids constantly, when do you feel good? When do you feel happy? When do you feel that it was good for us to be here? Yeah. And I love that oh, idea of being moment. uplifted and edified. You know, I think that's the spirit certainly does that. Let me share um, some uh, some things. And I want to land on a couple of these, Kevin, with you in a minute. But uh, for those who are listening and, and what I would want my teenagers to know and even younger children, the spirit can speak with a soft voice. The spirit can burn within our hearts. Uh, the spirit can help us to feel joy and peace and hope. The Spirit can give ideas to our mind and feelings in our hearts. The Spirit can occupy our mind and press upon our feelings. The Spirit can speak to us through the scriptures. I love that. Or warn us. And some of us have felt those warnings in our life. The Spirit can give us good feelings when something is right or enlighten our minds or to lead us to do something that's good. The, you know, I remember one time a, a state conference speaker, a general authority saying, if you felt inspired in this conference to do something good, then yes, you should yes. know the spirit has been working with you and teaching you. Uh, the spirit gives feelings of peace and comfort. Uh, the spirit can instruct us and inform us on what we should do. The spirit can come as the Lord's voice to us. The spirit can give comfort, uh, inspire us to help others and uh, bring my favorite as a teacher. And I think Kevin, you've experience this a lot as well but the spirit will bring things to our remembrance i love that one um can i add one more to that yeah please the spirit the spirit can distress us cause us to be a little uncomfortable yes because for instance you, you may you may be saying okay lord how can i help you go to sacrament meeting and there's sister jones that said something mean to one of your kids right and mm -hmm. and the spirit comes and fills you and says uh you should go up apologize to her <laughs> and initially you might feel ah oh, that was the spirit telling me to do something and then right on the heels of that is 
oh crud i need to go apologize and i i don't <laughs> want to do that um uh so, somebody asked me the other day and this is probably a little irreligious but they they asked me uh, about being a therapist and i says well my job as a therapist is about is just like almost like the holy ghost and and that's to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted <laughs> amen <laughs> and, amen and and sometimes it's the job of the spirit to afflict us we're going to, it's going to bring things to our remembrance about things that we need to do or or we need to change or something. And that isn't always going to be peaceful and calm and happy. Right. It's going to be a reminder of something that's going to be distressing because we're having to do something we really didn't want to do. Right. Oh, totally. Well, what we would want is we would want those who are listening to understand Kevin, what you've said is, is that, you know, that we all have different spiritual machinery and the way that spirit is going to work with us may be very different. In fact, part of life's, one of the great learning experiences in life, I believe, is is learning how the spirit does work with us. You know, I, anyway, and so here's what I call some of the big ones. When I say big ones, you know, very common ways the spirit works with us that I, that I would think that some of our youth may not be aware in fact, I wish I would have known more about this as a missionary looking back. Oh, but man. the one, you know, in Doctrine and Covenant section eight, you know, verses two and three, that uh, the, the Holy Ghost will speak to our mind and our heart. But on the mind part, this has always been one of my favorite statements from President McKay, that to all faithful members of the church who are in the line of their duty, the Holy Ghost will normally speak to them through their conscience. I, I wish more of us understood that those thoughts and ideas that we're having all throughout the day, that in many cases, those are coming to us from the spirit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's going to be fascinating. I think, and I fully believe this, that on the other side of the veil, think about how many um, atheists and non-believers who are out there doing incredible, good humanitarian powerful kind work for other people and blessing right. the lives of others who in the, in this life wouldn't believe in god think about the surprise that's going to be come to them when they realize that they were under the influence of the spirit <laughs> right <laughs> that it was guiding and direct them that there are really good people who don't believe but you look at their actions and they love one another and they love other people and, and that's that's obviously the spirit at work, uh, what, regardless of whether they would ever recognize that. Oh, yeah. Or not. Once again, those those thoughts and those ideas that are coming to us continually, you yeah. know, recognize that the spirit is directing us. Number two, another one is just the idea of feeling joy and happiness, something we all seek yeah. today. But But to know that we're under the influence of the spirit when we're feeling that. Any thoughts on that idea, Kevin, of feelings of joy and happiness? I, when we talk about the still small voice, isn't it interesting that the still small voice brings the still small voice? <laughs> it, 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 if we're listening, most of the time, it is going to be a calming influence that causes us to, to uh, relax uh, from an, you know, and working with a lot with anxiety uh, people and panic attacks and things when they feel the spirit their physical body relaxes mm -hmm. their 
their their shoulders drop their de their breathing slows down their their jaws relax um the, there's less adrenaline in their system they've reduced the amount of cortisol you know we could have a have a whole discussion about how the spirit is is healthy <laughs> right um but it's gonna it's gonna be the opposite of anxiety and fear it's gonna be more of those things that um uh, I, I think about the times when we have gone and helped after hurricane uh have come through in this part of the country and i and i drive back from those dirty and exhausted uh and smelly <laughs> and feeling and feeling good just feeling so good yeah again i'm like i'm like peter on top of the mountain going lord it was good for us to be here <laughs> you know, yeah this was, a, this this was good was a, this was a good thing yeah you know that kevin thank you for sharing those another one that is just the idea of peace that the spirit brings peace to our lives and i'm yeah. i'm very aware of many people in my state even just recently that have had significant health challenges and one of the things that help that has helped them get through those, and in their family, is just this feeling of peace you know, that that everything's going to be okay, whether it's in this life or the next. It's okay. I've got I've got you. I've got this, and um, I love that that peace can bless us, even if it means the outcome is different than what we were thinking or expecting. Yeah, and 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 that maybe that's really a good point, Mark. Where. If if the outcome has turned out different than what we expected, maybe we can have at least peace that uh, the Lord has somehow got this, and that ultimately all things will work together for our good, even if we can't see it right now. And totally, totally. Now here's another another thought, uh, Kevin. As we just shift gears here a little bit, you know, often you know we've we've talked a little bit about how dramatic some people have made the spirit to be. Yeah. And and how maybe some of our youth are feeling that, wow, some of these adults are just having these these Pentecostal type of experiences like every day. And I've, I love this statement from Elder Packer. And if anyone needs a reference here, the candle of the Lord, an oldie but a goodie, the ensign January 1983, uh, still a classic today when Elder Packer really helps us understand how the spirit works with us, but I have learned that strong, impressive spiritual experiences do not come very frequently. And when they do, they're generally for our own edification, instruction, or correction. But there's a concept for us, right? That that really dramatic, strong, and powerful spiritual experiences probably aren't going to be coming to us every day, right? I think when I reported back on my mission, Mark, I probably related the maybe my two or three best experiences. What I didn't relate was all the days of kind of rain and nothing's working. And <laughs> right. <laughs> prayers going unanswered. You know, we, we, we tend, we tend to pick out the nuggets and then it makes it sound like, wow, every day on a mission is, is full of these great uh, spiritual highs. And it's certainly not. Totally, totally. You bet. You bet. And so we treasure those those experiences uh, when they come, for sure, because they are not as common, you know, as we may want them to be. But so, Kevin, maybe driving this home now for a little while is we talk about, you know, how parents and grandparents can help their children and grandchildren be in a position to be in tune you know, to experience and feel the, the Holy Ghost in their lives. 
Or in other words, how can we become more spiritually in tune? Because I've always believed that as a parent, we really couldn't create spiritual experience for experiences for our children. That all we really could do is create, try to create an environment where they could feel the spirit. But what are some things that we could do to help us? We don't want to ever say, hey, here's the formula. If you just do these four or five things, that this is this is going to happen for sure. But what are some things that we all could do so that we could become more in tune to the spirit? This is maybe the work that President Nelson was talking about of getting in a, in a position to feel the spirit more. Let, let me frame that a little bit. Uh, sure. with, with kind of where we're wanting to go about what we teach them. I mean, you're, you're talking about the, our own preparation before we actually involve them. Um, and, and l- let me approach it just a little bit differently. Sure. Um, I like to talk a lot about the importance of uh, what, what I call collaborative parenting. And yeah. that is I'm, I'm going to collaborate with, with the kids to uh, determine what the rules of the house are uh, what each what the responsibilities are, what the consequences are um, of all of that. And so rather than the rules being top down, uh, then it's going to be more of a collaborative effort working together because uh, we're trying to teach them problem solving skills and internal motivation and holding themselves to standards and things like that. Um, when I when I think about uh, my own preparation, as a as a parent and grandparent and helping with kids, that collaborative idea I think comes into play almost immediately, uh, especially with those kids that might be struggling for answers or they're wondering about something. Right. And if we know that we're going to let's you and I now work together, son. Uh, let's see if we can't find answers to that. I'm going to pray about it. You're going to pray about it. Let me look through these things. Let's get back together in a couple of days, see what you found. Sure. And kind of put this together. But I think that puts the onus on us in our own preparation to get ourselves ready. But at the same time, it's also saying to them, as your parent, I'm willing to put in some work here so that I can be ready. But let me show you how I'm doing it. And then you can do the same thing when when you're going to be solving a problem that doesn't involve me at all maybe when you're away at college or, or something like that. Um, Teaching them to be spiritually self-sufficient, right? Yeah, by our own example. Uh, but but I think we can have some opportunities to work together with, to collaborate so that we raise our level of spirituality on both sides, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing it. I you know, I know, I know there are a couple of things that have helped me. And I think what I'm going to share is, is not going to be revelatory to most, but of course, prayer and, and studying in the scriptures every day, but even for myself, studying the words of our living prophets every day, you know, to listen to a conference talk, to read through there has been a great fortification for me to help me have the spirit in my life. Mm-hmm. To, you know, to quick to try to find a way to create those quiet, reverent times in our day. You know, I remember our children were teenagers, kind of when cell phones were coming out and becoming. You know, we we hit that era where everyone had a cell phone, and uh, I remember l- watching my children on a Saturday afternoon lying on a couch or a piece of furniture, texting, and even in those days, this was before smartphones, but saying to them, guys. 
how's the spirit ever going to speak to you <laughs> if every waking hour of the day you're you're plugged in electronically in some way? We've got to find ways to help our children disconnect from social media, from electronics, you know, from phones. Right. Now, another thing that's been helpful for us and our family, I think, is to just to have sacred music playing yeah, in the yeah. background throughout the day yeah. and that just that does not just to have that need to be a, a sunday thing yeah. can create an environment in our homes with good sacred music that you know i i love it when our children bring friends over to our house and this doesn't happen all the time but it's happened a couple of times where those those friends of theirs have said you know i really love this what i feel when i'm in your house feel, and, yeah and i hope what they're feeling is is the spirit but we can help create that is my point. I, Kevin, what are your thoughts? You know, I was actually, I was smiling as, as you were talking about uh, being very careful with our electronics. Um, <laughs> we are, we, we are doing this in a medium where we are speaking directly uh, to thousands of people who get, who use electronics to be spiritually uplifted. <laughs> right. You know, we're right. We're, Mark, we're, we're talking to podcast people. We're, <laughs> we're on a right? podcast right now. Yeah, we're we're, we're the people. <laughs> if if you're listening to this right now, you may be on a treadmill, you may be walking around the park, you may be driving around town, uh, you may be doing the dishes, uh, but right. you've got head, but you've got uh, earphones or, or ear earpods in your ear listening to us, and we are so grateful that you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so on one side, yeah, we need to be careful about our use of electronics and everything, but also electronics can be a very powerful way. I, I know with me, very, I don't, I don't sit down and read through books very often anymore. Right. Uh, I'm more likely to listen to them on audio book while I'm traveling or while I'm walking or or something like that. I'm on a plane. Right. Um, because and and the thing that I love about that is that I can be sitting, I can be driving in my truck and I'm listening to uh, a podcast or an audio book. And then I can, when I hear something that I really like, I pause it. I immediately reach over and I stop and I think about it. Uh, and, and I'm just, I'm just quirky enough that if somebody's sitting next to me at the stoplight, they'll see me talking to myself and I may, you know, I may be ge even gesturing while I'm responding to, I, I disagree with that or no, that's really good. I got to remember that, you know, when I'm thinking about my own classes or things that I'm doing, but the ability to stop and start uh, a podcast or an audio book and let it sink in for just a second, right. uh, meditate, meditate a bit on a great quote you just heard is one of those things that I think we can use electronics to our favor and, and maybe even have our kids who like to listen to stuff. Why don't you listen to this 20 minute little podcast thing? And then we'll talk about it later or, or something yeah. like that. So I think we just need to maybe direct our use of it in a way that's going to be beneficial. That's so good, Kevin. In fact, I was just reading a statistic today that, uh, you know, within the two hour frame of, you know, a two hour time frame uh, that that media, phones, electronics, it doesn't really affect our youth that much. Um, but once it goes past two hours is when it can uh, can really start to have a detrimental 
impact and, and and anxiety and depression are directly tied into that. And I know that's a whole different topic for another day, but but yeah, yeah. there's got to be some balance. I think is kind of the idea when it comes to our electronic media. So, oh, Kevin, go ahead. No, I'm I'm right with you. Yeah. So so I'm going to ask you this question this way. Uh, you know, what are two things, Kevin, if you could pick two things that a parent or grandparent could do to teach their children or grandchildren about receiving revelation, what are the, what are two things that you would share? Um, no, number one would be to seize on, seize on uh problem or difficulty moments mm-hmm. and not, and not be too quick to solve them. They've got a, they're an, a misunderstanding with a teacher that maybe they're being bullied a little bit at school. Uh, they're, you know, you got a daughter that feels like she's being excluded at young women's. And sometimes we can be really top down quick to yeah. provide all of the answers for that. Let's do this. I will make this phone call. Let me check this. I'll do this for you. Why don't you do this, this, and this, as opposed to uh, taking those opportunities to say, Let's figure out what you should do about it, and let's see what answers you can come up with. Let's talk about it. Why don't you pray about it? Let's read some things. Uh, what impressions are you getting when you when you think about it? You finished praying about it. Did anything come to your mind or to your heart about how to proceed or what you should do? Um, because we may have some quick ideas about what we would do or what maybe even what we should do as a parent. But it would be much, it's much different if they have prayed about it and they say, uh, mom, could I get you to talk to sister so-and-so? Uh, or I think I should go talk to the bishop. Uh, or, so, you know, in other words, those, those the solutions are coming from them prompted by and lifted by the direction they're getting from the spirit. I um, love that. So, so this is one of those things when some of the best things we can do is what we don't do. Yeah. If that makes sense. And that is to withdraw a little bit, let the thing marinate just a little bit and then work with them to solve a problem in that collaborative effort to, we're going to solve this together and then we're going to execute your plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think in doing that, we prepare them for a richer spiritual life as they're older in life. Yeah, uh, that 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 probably more than anything, I guess, is what first of all jumps. To mind. Yeah, do you have a second idea? One well, one of the the things that I when, when we look at reading the scriptures, yes, um, I think there is a time and a place to read the Book of Mormon before the end of the year, or we're going to read the entire New Testament this summer, or so. <laughs> you know, in other words, we set our goals or I'm going to read the Book of Mormon for 15 minutes every day, and I'm going to get through a chapter a day. I think there's a place for that, and it's a it's a, it's a a rich place of daily spiritual feeding. One of the things that I think that we don't do as well as sometimes is our ability to stop and meditate and tear something apart. And so when we run into a prayer scripture, maybe we stop the chapter, and and read the three or four other connecting scriptures that might be linked to that. And so we spend more time studying and digging rather than just quickly moving too quickly through uh, a spiritual, you know, if, if for instance, if somebody's going to sit down and, and read Romans eight, 
they could be really blessed by reading Romans 8. It's powerful. But we could take months on Romans 8, a verse mm -hmm. at a time. Right. Uh, and 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 I, I so I think one of the ways that we can get greater spiritual strength is by slowing down our scripture reading a little bit and allowing ourselves to dig into it just a little bit more. Uh, yeah. And, and discover the other truths that are there and then share those then with our kids. Here's what I found. And I yeah. looked at this and then I went over and looked at this over here. And then, and President Nelson brought this up in his conference talk, you know, and now we're off and running, right? I love that, Kevin. I, that's that's so great. I, let me share with you a couple of my thoughts on that same topic of what we can do to teach our children and grandchildren. Number one, I, I have this idea of let's just teach them what revelation is. I think there's probably some misconceptions mm -hmm. on that, you know, of, of what revelation really is and, and what the spirit can feel like you know, and help them to know some of those different ways that we talked about today of, of what the spirit can feel like. A second one is to identify the spirit when it's present in our homes. You know, if we feel it, you know, once again, we, we understand that just because we may be feeling it, our children may not be, and they may be feeling it, and we may not be. Um, I remember a, a young daughter uh, in our home years ago, we were watching the first vision on a Sunday afternoon, the video, and our daughter said, is that, is that true? She said, you know, right after she watched it, she said, is that true? But the way she said it felt like to me that she was saying, that's true. And we kind of talked about how she felt about it. And I know that she's known that that was true ever since then. And she was probably eight or nine years old at the time. I remember another occasion where one of our daughters said that the most sacred experience she had on our family church history trip was in the Carthage jail. And I remember thinking, really? Because I was actually so frustrated coming out of that experience that day because it was a it was a very irreverent atmosphere on a hot summer day with 27 buses out in the parking lot and 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 getting people through there. And I and I remember thinking, gosh, I wish this could have been like it was for me when I went through the first time 20 years ago. And it was just us and some missionaries. But our daughter felt that. My point is she felt that spirit, but that sometimes our children are feeling things that in our minds, we would be blown away to think, really, you were feeling something then? But to be able to talk about, to identify the spirit and and to talk about it. You know, I, 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 I'm, I this idea of having one-on-one -on -one talks and interviews with our children, maybe a little bit formal, but to have opportunities to share our spiritual experiences with them. You know, do you know, a great question for all parents and grandparents is, do your children know and are they aware of some of the spiritual experiences you've had in your life? Because my feeling is, is that our children don't know those stories, you know, on a lot of occasions. So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot that we can do as parents. And then the idea of that, you know, creating that climate in our home where the spirit can be there. I've been in homes before where the entire background noise is the TV is on full blast or there's music playing that's not really reverent or just a lot of maybe arguing in a home and contention. But let's try to create a climate where the spirit can be there. You know, those are those are some of my re uh, re recommendations. I don't know, Kevin, if that makes you think of something else. No, um, I, I think that's I think that's uh, dead on. Um, I, I remember having an experience uh, a few years ago where we had the scouts coming back from scout camp and they were talking about 
one young one young deacon in testimony meeting talked about the fact that his his brother had gotten sick yeah and he said that uh the member of the bishopric and his dad went into the tent and gave him a blessing uh and he says i i stood outside the the tent while they were doing that and i could hear their voices and i could hear the the blessing that they were giving him and he said uh and while they were doing that i just felt really good <laughs> he said uh and so I'm glad I was there in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, 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 I, and I wanted to, and I, and I, I wanted to jump up and go, that was it. That, that was what, it. That what you felt was the thing, you know, that was right. That was the spirit. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and so our ability to point out to them what, while you've been talking, I felt this, what did you feel? Yeah. Well, I felt this sweetheart that, what do you think that was? Well, that could that have been the spirit? What did that feel like? What did what you know? And just kind of walking him through those experiences. I think Kevin, that's so significant. You know, I, in fact, you know, often as parents in our age, here we are in our sixties now, but you often think, uh, gosh, if I could have a do-over, and I think one of the do-overs for me as a parent is we we ask this question a lot: What did you learn? What did you learn from that? I yeah. wish I wish I would have asked more. Did you, what did you feel? How did you feel? What did you yeah. feel? I wish I would have done that one. Me too. And uh, but now, who for those that are hearing this and still have young children at home, you can do that, right? So <laughs> be yeah. wiser than we have been. Yeah, learn from our mistakes. Um, <laughs> well, once again, back to our theme of let's do something. LDS uh, can stand for let's do something. Kevin, what's a What's one invitation that you could share with anyone who's listening out there today, a parent or a grandparent, that maybe something they could do uh, when it comes to helping our children receive answers and 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 understand and identify the spirit in their lives? This this may sound a little bit trite, but uh, start today. <laughs> yes, you know we may look at it and say we got teenagers that are fighting with each other and. I wish I'd taught them better when they were younger, or I've got college students that are really struggling, and I wish when they were younger I would have. Um, I just think we start from where we are at, at any given moment and and start trying to help them identify, as again, as they're so trying to solve problems or, or uh, thorny issues that, that come up in their life. Um, I'm I'm currently serving in a uh, YSA bishopric, right? And and I keep hearing these young adults, and Mark, as, as you know, um, so often with them, the struggles that they're going through are far greater than we have any idea. The things that they're hearing, the the experiences that they're having, the questions that they're having, um, sometimes as church leaders or or parents we're not hearing what they're really dealing with right uh, and we need to assume that they are battling their battles are far greater and so it doesn't matter what age they are there's something that we can be doing about saying how are you feeling have you prayed about it what do you feel when you pray you feel like you're getting answers um what impressions do you get uh can i yes. pray with you you know how what can i what can i do to help 
Yeah. I just think there's some immediacy that we're talking about here that can be addressed. I do too. I think that's great. And I think for my invitation, I'll skip with my, my I'll, I'll help not skip. I'll start with my, uh, or I'll stay with my regret of uh, a, a wonderful question to ask our children, whether it's after church, after FSY, after a fireside, after a general conference. So how did you feel? You know, how, so how did that make you feel? How did you feel? And let's, let's as parents try to identify the spirit more with our children and help them recognize that the spirit is working with them. So, well, Kevin, this has been wonderful. It's so great to be with you, even if we have to do it long distance, connecting <laughs> Provo to Dallas today. We'll get it done. We, yeah, we'll get it done in some way. So Kevin, Kevin Hinckley, thank you so much for being with us today. And I know that we'll circle back and we'll do this again next month on another topic. Let's do it. I'm here. Yeah.